Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 25th of March, 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Today, we have something just a bit different for you. I'll let Jen explain in a minute, but first, warm thanks go out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We appreciate the time you spend with us listening to our stories. Thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week, especially listeners in Piermont in Australia, Mendoza in Argentina, and Cambridge in the UK. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Now I'll hand over to Jen to explain what we have for you today. This was recorded in October 2019 at the City Hall Recital Hall in central Hong Kong. My name is Jen, uh, Jen Horgus, and I am a volunteer with Hong Kong Stories. And we are an entirely volunteer-run group, um, and we are dedicated to promoting the art of storytelling in Hong Kong. And we decided that since we, we, our core belief is that everybody has a story to tell, that it would be a good idea for us to try and promote it among younger and younger people. So we came up with this idea, um, which you are all now a part of, which is Hong Kong's first student story slam. So thank you and congratulations to everyone yeah. for being here. Yes. Thank you. Now... Um, these are called our finals because we started collecting entries in September and we listened to all the stories and gave feedback to all of the students who submitted something and chose a few students to come and share their stories today. But it's not really a final. I think of it as a beginning because I think this may be our first, but we are going to keep doing this and it's going to keep getting better. And our theme for this competition was the good, the bad, and the awkward. Did you get all that? Now sit back and listen to our very first Hong Kong Stories student story. Here's Hilda. It all started with me gazing at the poster posted all over my primary school. It says, come audition for the 2017 to 2018 students got talent. I, I thought to myself, maybe I could audition to sing. I shook my head to get me out of my thoughts and went to my library duty. Those books weren't going to borrow themselves. After lots of thinking and talking to my friends, which was a long time, I finally decided to audition. Honestly, I was completely not prepared for the audition since I was still thinking of what to sing when I walked into the room. But luckily, all of them were my English teachers and I knew them pretty well, so I relaxed. When I finished my audition... I looked up to my teachers to see if I could read their thoughts, and they seemed pretty pleased, so I walked out feeling uh, happy. When I found out that I got in, I was ecstatic, although the next two months were hectic. I spent all of my time practicing and even had a member of the a cappella team, an intern from Canada at school that time, to come help me practice. And honestly, I was often yelled at for not living up to my teacher's expectations. But I would always be really, really annoyed at them because I would practice for two hours straight with little breaks. And I was just really tired and, it, and I was just really annoyed at them. But now I know that they were simply pushing my limits. Then came my performance night. And my teachers insisted that they did my hair, makeup, and even my nails. 
I sat, basically sat in a chair for three hours uh, while my other friends who auditioned were also receiving the beauty detention. <laughs> so that gave me three hours to worry. Honestly, I was really nervous yet excited since my sister flew all the way back from London to see my big night. When, I, uh, when they were done and I looked into the mirror, I tried to not to scream. I looked like a doll from those horror movies. <laughs> when I stepped onto the stage, I felt that all eyes were on me. I was really nervous and I felt myself that I was shaking. I just told myself, stop shaking and get over it. So I started singing. At first, I was really shaky and my voice was sounded like I was singing in the middle of an earthquake. Well, uh, but slowly, as I, the more I say, the more I relaxed, and I started to sway to the beat. Actually, saying Moana's "How Far I'll Go." When I finished, I looked up to see the audience clapping and cheering. I was I was really happy and smiled to myself since I did it and did it without fainting. But uh, after my performance, people actually texted me saying that I did really good in my performance, and some people praised me. My teachers walked by and said I did a good show, and my principal even gave me a thumbs up when I finished my performance. Overall, I was really, really, really happy that I did it since. Uh, since it definitely boosted my confidence and make me want to join more, uh, join more performances and activities, and get rid of my stage fright. Well, maybe a little bit. And it, I and I actually plucked up the courage to join the talent show again when I was in P six. Thank you. We at Hong Kong Stories were absolutely bursting with pride at our first Hong Kong Student Story Slam. We always knew that Hong Kong students were creative and interesting, but even we were surprised at how brave they are. It takes a lot to tell a personal story up on stage in front of strangers. This second story took a bit of extra courage, but we're very grateful that it was shared with us. Here is our second place winner, Manila. Saudade. It's a word in Portuguese that describes the exactly thing that I've been feeling the past weeks. There's not a specific word for it in English, but it mostly means missing. Let me tell you about a big change in my life, but I'll start from the beginning. I was born in Porto Alegre, in the south of Brazil, close to Buenos Aires, Argentina, and Montevideo, Uruguay. My life was really good until I was seven. Not saying it wasn't good after that, but you'll understand what I mean. At that time, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. It was a tough time with a lot of difficulties, but my family and I got over it, and she was cured. Years after, when I was 10, we moved to Hong Kong because of my dad's work, and everything was fine. Until, while on a trip to Brazil, we discovered that her disease was not cured, so she had to do some other treatments. She did all the treatments needed, including one in Hong Kong. And... We're fine, living our normal lives with our normal routines. Me studying, my dad working, and my mom taking care of both of us. But at a certain moment, she started to feel pain. So we called the doctors in Brazil, and they requested her to go back to Brazil to do some extra exams to see what was going on. 
Sadly, we discovered that the disease was all spread, and there were not many options for the doctors to do about her magical situation. One month before the summer holidays, my dad and I went back to Brazil to stay with her. On the 1st of July, she passed away. She rested. She rested in peace. One month after, my dad and I go back to Hong Kong and into our normal everyday routines, which completely change, such as waking up in the morning and not having that beautiful smile to wake me up, because her smile was contagious. Everywhere she would go, whoever saw her would start to smile back. She was an amazing woman and the strongest person I know. And if everyone in this room one day had the chance to meet her, she would have turned your life better in every single way. Anyways, I changed, and I changed into someone stronger. As the quote says, what doesn't kill you make you stronger. It really made me stronger. My routine of everyday life completely changed, because my dad and I think a lot about her and we miss her a lot. So it was first really good until I was seven, then it became bad in that five years' time while she was doing her treatments, and now it just became strange and awkward, because I had to learn how to live without her physically by my side, and yes, mentally and in my heart. Now, saudade doesn't only means missing to me, but love as well, because every time I think of it, I remember my mom, And the thing my mom gave, gave me the most until my entire life was love. Thank you. I think we would all have loved Manella's mom. Her daughter is a very special person, too. All our students did an excellent job of their stories at the show, but we couldn't make them get up on stage first without any introduction. To warm up the audience... We started with Victoria, who's not a student at all, but rather a teacher. And we got her to get up on stage and warm up the room with a story about her years as a teen. Here, with her story on the theme of the good, the bad, and the awkward, is Victoria. So I'm about 13 or 14. Not anymore. I'm about 13 or 14 when I first start to notice boys as more than just people to climb trees with, uh, or to provide slogans for T-shirts. Boys are stupid. Throw rocks at them. Do they still make those? Anyway, it's a hot summer, and our neighbors have a swimming pool they kindly say I can use. They also have a teenage son who is a few years older than me and is what my friends at school would call Fit. He plays rugby and has a string of pretty girlfriends and is rarely at home. Anyway, one day I decide to go swimming. I'm a little bit self-conscious and I'm not sure about the etiquette of changing at my neighbor's pool. So I put on my swimsuit and all of my clothes on over the top. And I don't forget to grab a towel on the way out. When I arrive at the pool, Julian, aforementioned fit son, is there. And he's on a sun lounger, and he's listening to his iPod. He looks so cool. I catch my breath. I'm so glad I remembered to wear my stripy swimsuit and not my school regulation one. You know, the kind that's baggy in all the wrong places and accentuates each unflattering curve? That kind. So, anyway, 
for once, Julian is not accompanied by a pretty girl who looks like she belongs in a shampoo ad. He's on his own. And we start talking. And he's actually quite nice. I don't remember what we talk about. I mean, he probably asks me about my favorite music and I probably struggle to come up with something cool. I mean, can't possibly tell him I like listening to ABBA, dancing around my bedroom and singing into my hairbrush now, can I? It's getting pretty hot. So I decide to go swimming. I'm so glad I remembered to put on my swimsuit underneath my clothes. That saves the awkward Houdini under the towel shuffle style change now, doesn't it? Julian goes back to listening to his iPod. I take off my t-shirt. Julian listens to his iPod. I take off my shorts. And that's where the trouble begins. You see, when I said I put on all of my clothes over my swimsuit, I had totally forgotten that in addition to my attractive stripy swimsuit, I am also wearing the largest, the most unflattering, the most hideous pair of pants you have ever seen over my swimsuit. I mean, they look like the kind of pants that have been washed a few too many times in chicken soup. They have a generous, elasticated waistband. I look like Superman if Superman's grandma had designed his super suit. I glance over at Julian. He's listening to his iPod and his eyes are hidden behind a pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses, but I see him smirk ever so slightly. I don't enjoy my swim much. When I get home, I take a shower and retreat into my bedroom and change into my comfiest T-shirt. It says, boys are stupid, throw rocks at them. (laughs) Oh, and... I think tomorrow I'll climb trees instead of going swimming. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to be involved in our next student story slam coming in the autumn of 2020, check our website hongkongstories.com for details. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.